just a freak, yeah. No comment? No comment. Alrighty, haters. Hey. Ah. Oh. Sorry. Um, we are back this week. We suffered for you guys. We truly suffered this week. Um, we watched the finale of The Idol. And... Wow. Just a lot. Just a lot. Just a lot. That's that's all we'll say for now. But basically this week we wanted to cover the crimes of Sam Levinson. If you don't know who Sam Levinson is, he's a writer, director, most uh, known for Euphoria. Euphoria. He's also a Nepo baby. Big time. Yeah. And a whiny little man. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. But we do appreciate some of his art. Emphasis on some. Some. To an extent. To an extent. Um, so today, he ha- he's pretty fresh in the game, mm. I would say. Doesn't have... I, I would say his most notable projects are, as you said, Euphoria. We just got the idol... Um, we got Malcolm and Marie a couple years ago, and, like, the first one on the scene was Assassination Nation. So we're gonna be diving on into those today. So let's get started with everybody's absolute favorite, the idol. Mm. (laughs) Um, so you wanna give us, like, a rundown, basic plot-wise? Alright, basic plot, we have a pop star named Jocelyn who's trying to rewrite her name because she had a bit of a mental breakdown after her mom passed away. Um, And so she's trying to come back as this, like, super sexed-up pop star um, who's, like, you know, trying to, like, reimagine herself. Um, She meets Tedros, played by The Weeknd, Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunate. <laughs> um, cannot look at the weekend the same after this no. damn show. Um, they gave him an awful wig with a rat tail. It was not cute whatsoever. He looked sweaty, greasy for every scene. He looked like just not cute. Just not the weekend. Yeah. Um, basically, she meets this guy named Tedros, who apparently was like a plotted thing like her backup dancer was new tedros and wanted to meet jocelyn and i don't even know what all that had to do with anything um but regardless he like teaches her how to like really open herself up sexually so that it comes through in her music and does like some really weird and vulgar sex acts torture yeah to kind of get this like his whole thing moany little sounds out of her ew yeah his whole thing is that he's like a quote unquote manager and he's also really like a cult leader yeah so so all these people that he manages he there was they they didn't show a lot but they did show one scene with my man moses sumney which why did you get into this boy but okay um he has like a short scene where there's like something vibrating inside of him and he's got to like hump the air 
And Tedros is like, yeah, sing, sing. You're having sex with her. Da, da, da. And it's like, oh, my God, what is What this? is happening? <laughs> um, just very weird, like, very public sex scenes. Not full sex scenes, but very public but just like sexual arousal. I would never feel comfortable yeah, doing in front of anybody. Anybody. And, like, people just, like, nodding and being like, yeah, this is genius. This is art. This is genius. Um, um, I think from episode one, you were, like... No, I hate this. No, big time. I think I was on board. Wasn't my favorite thing in the world until we got to about, like, episode two, and I was like, okay, what are we doing here? Yeah. Where is this going? I just had a bad feeling of it from the beginning. Um, I've seen... I didn't see a lot on, on social media because I was trying to avoid spoilers, but I did see a lot of people just complaining about it. Mm-hmm. I know that there was, like, a cut scene where he puts, like, a raw egg inside of her vagina and tells her to sing... Oh my god. At one point. Um, they cut that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just a lot of like unnecessary nudity, unnecessary violence towards women, women. That just like did not come through in the way that I think they wanted to. No. And then in the end, spoiler alert, in the end, she like gets rid of Tedros. She like make they make this like whole allegory that he's the big bad wolf. And that we have to kill the yeah. big bad wolf so, at, and save the little girl and the grandma. Just for, at the end, her to be like, come back to the stage, the love of my life, Tedros. Yeah. What? So, like, you think they're ramping it up to be this, like, big empowering story of, like, this woman who broke away from an abuser and, like, found herself and is able to, like, project that through her art. And then in the end, she just goes right back into his arms. Sounds like Nate Jacobs. <laughs> Ooh, we will get into him later. (laughs) Like, Sam Levinson loves to write abusive characters, abusive, toxic characters with some sort of, like... Issues. With with issues, but they somehow, like, he tries to make them have, like, a redemption arc of sorts. And it's like, why? No. There's there's some people that you can't redeem. Oh, and we will get into that much later with one of the movies I watched this week. I'll get into it super briefly. Um... Yeah, so you kind of touched on a couple things. For sure, like, I want to get into, like, what went wrong here. Because, like, I just really don't know. Like, the I think she's just, Lily Rose Depp as um, Jocelyn is just, like, a very one-dimensional character. Like, we don't ever really get to see any depth with her. Yeah. We see that she's, like, yeah, upset about her mom dying, but... very surface level level, kind of really just to set the plot of like why is she having the struggle in her career yeah and then the whole rest of the show is just her being used as like a sexual object yeah i felt bad because like obviously the the point of the show is that you want to side with jocelyn but i couldn't sign with anyone like i wasn't rooting for i was team leia i was yeah no i was team leia (laughs) even troy savon i was i was Mm -mm. like not on his side towards the end i was like baby what are you doing yeah it was just like you really couldn't like side with anyone no one was a likable no one was likable no one was relatable no it just felt like i was just waiting for the show to end exactly and it's only five episodes they're about an hour each and i was just like where are we going with this why is this still going yeah the show was originally supposed to have six episodes in the first season they cut it down to five I don't even think they needed five. And it's, I just, ugh. 
just weird. Ugh, is all I gotta Not say. Not to mention, they filmed uh, the ending scene at one of the weekend shows. <laughs> yeah. But apparently they didn't, like... Tell the audience. Tell the audience how to react or anything like that. I think it's so that they had, you know, obviously less background noise so that they could add filler and, like, cheers in later. Yeah. But it still was just, like, an awkward... From what I had heard from people who were at the show, it was just, like, and awkward. No one really knew what was going on. Just seeing, like, the set design and... What was this latest album that came out? Um, something AM. Uh-huh. Yeah, FMAM, whatever. Dark. Yeah, I don't remember. But you could just see from the set design that it, this is clearly supposed to be a weekend yeah, show. Kind of takes you out of the moment a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But it, it also had to do with, like, his his character himself wasn't a singer, but his, like, the weekend, his music was part of the soundtrack. Yeah. Which I felt like it took me out, because I'm like, okay, I know this is the weekend's voice, and I know that... His That's, character. His character is not a singer, so it no. just feels, like, out of place. It just felt, like, not canon to the universe. Yeah. And just, yeah, Tedros as, like, a character, totally unlikable. Extremely. Extremely unlikable. Nothing likable, nothing redeemable. Like you said, he's got the rat tail going on. He's an abusive person. Manipulative, he, yeah. obsessed with sex. Yeah. Like, extremely possessive. Like, yeah, there extremely. was one scene where... A, fucking retail worker was helping jocelyn he's like you're gonna keep looking at her like that and it's like he is doing his job leave him alone yeah just weirdo vibes um let's talk about what the show was supposed to. that was actually my next little Mm -hmm. yeah so what could have been a couple days ago some photos dropped and genuinely i would have been so excited if they went in this direction so apparently originally there was like a female director who was heading the entire project and like we see these like very 2000s late 90s pop princess inspired like cardboard cutouts with jocelyn in like bright colorful outfits we even see like cheesy merch that you would see in like a justice store like tennis shoes with jocelyn's face on it and stuff like that and there was like lots of child actors on set so it was i mean it surely wouldn't have been like family friendly but it would have more been like pop princess yeah pop princess being overly sexualized by the media not necessarily by her own doing yeah Yeah. and kind of getting into exactly like that like especially what we see with like disney stars like oh you were a disney girl and you're out here and you're having sex now and that that's inappropriate and you're wearing booty shorts when like disney stars had like their nudes leaked and things like that yeah yeah crazy stuff but yeah, apparently they filmed about 80% of it before. I We don't know what happened behind the scenes, but we know that it was a very bumpy road to get to where we are today. Um, and the original director like walked out on the project with 80% of it done. So Speculations th- say that The Weeknd thought it was too female-centered. Yes, yes. And that he wanted to switch he, that narrative. He didn't like that there was so much of a female perspective, which is crazy with this being... A, a show female about a female protagonist. Yeah. yeah, you would think you'd want a little bit of feminine energy, yeah. feminine perspective. Yeah. Get some women in the room, uh, for sure. Unfortunate. Because I, I'm surprised, I would have I been like, I'm nar. surprised half the women in that show just like agreed to do this yeah. show. Like, yeah. Even like, Rough. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that, it, it could have been, it could have been great. I mean, of course it's supposed to be, like, a commentary on society and how society, like, there was even, like, one of the first scenes was, like, this 
old lady who was like an agent manager. I don't know who she was, but she was like, mental illness is sexy and blah, blah, blah. Like, obviously, it's supposed to be a commentary on how we've kind of twisted. Yeah, like, you know. That they even covered that on um, my show, The Other Two. Because Chase, he was like, man, I don't know, I've just been really anxious lately. And she's like, oh my god, he's got mental illness, this is amazing, like, this is a great opportunity. Like, somebody who's, like, suffering is, like, an amazing thing that they can put in the media and be like, worship him, he has anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it wasn't all bad. Do you have any standout moments from the show? She's thinking. Sorry, I was (laughs) was burping. (laughs) I mean, obviously, like, costume design went off, even though Especially it felt like... Especially that little pink one from yeah, the, uh, the World Class video. Center music video, yeah. I mean, they went off. I felt like some of it was like, do people really dress like this in their homes? But I really don't know. Yeah, no, I would I would have wanted Lily Rose Depp's entire wardrobe for the yeah. show. It was um, cute. Loved it. That's the only thing I can redeem. Yeah, the little, the the little pink... Rachel Senna was Rachel uh, That one Asian guy was kind of funny. Which guy? The one that was like, is this Hunter Biden's house? Oh my god, that was funny. Also, Troy Sivan sang um, My Sweet Lord, and it was a really good cover. And my mom approved. She said, Troy did so good! And I only sent her that song. I told her very explicitly, do not watch this show. So, that is all she has seen. But my mom is Troy Sivan's biggest fan. Alright, let's move on to the moment... The culture icon, Euphoria. If you know anything about us, we were big Euphoria girlies before it was popular. Yeah, I have to say, I started watching the show, like, right when it came out. I just, like, happened... I I just saw Zendaya was attached to the project, and I wanted to watch it, so I watched a bootleg on 123movies.com, don't tell anyone, and I was, like, literally on Twitter, I was like, Somebody, please, anybody watching Euphoria, I need to talk to somebody about this. And nobody knew what I was talking about. So not to be that girly, but I was watching it first. Um, so to give a basic plot, I'll, I'll do season one if you want to do season two. Cause, God, do I even remember season two? Okay, I can do both. Um, <laughs> so season one is extremely different from season two, and that is one of my complaints. So basically, we follow our main character, Rue who is played by Queen Zendaya, and she is a drug addict. And she did have an overdose, and her mom is aware of it, and her sister is aware of it. She's fresh out of rehab. She's fresh out of rehab, and she has no intention of being clean. A new girl is at the school. Um, what? What is her name? Jules. Yeah. Who's Jules? <laughs> Um, Jules, played by Queen Hunter Schaffer, and Rue is, like, infatuated with her and in love with her, and so they hang out, they're doing great, she's like, will you stay clean for me, all this stuff, I've seen season one, like, three times, I'm blanking on the others, oh, there's Maddie, Maddie and, and Jake, Jake, Nate, Nate, I almost said Jake Nacobs, <laughs> Nate Jacobs, who is an extremely abusive guy, who is on Grinder, yeah. messaging Jules, yeah, and pretending to be other, pretending people. to be another dude because his dad likes to fuck trans women and did. and films it and 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 was able and found a film of his dad with 
Jules, oh my god, this show is ridiculous. This show is ridiculous. I don't think he saw that video yet, though. Like, he was genuinely, like, on Grindr looking for was girls. Oh, yeah, okay. kind of like, like father, like son. Mm. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, in the beginning when Jules had, like, first moved to town, she meets up with Cal Jacobs, Nate Jacobs' dad, and they get down and dirty in the hotel room. Yeah. That's a minor! Yeah. You're going to prison, baby! Very much a minor. Um, yeah, and so... The whole time, yeah, Rue's involved, Jules is involved with Nate, but Jules doesn't know Nate is Nate. All that good stuff. And Maddie like, uh, yeah. is, like, dating Nate Jacobs. He's abusive She's to her. She's, like, a super popular girl. Played by Queen Alexa Demi. Besties with, Besties with Cassie. Sweeney. Who's Cassie, yes. Played by Sydney Sweeney. Her sister is... Oh, I don't remember her name. Played by Maud Apatow. What was her name? What is her name? I don't remember. Moving on. And then we also have Kat, played by Barbie Ferreria. Yeah. So, basically, high school, parties, yeah. drama ensues, drugs, Rue's trying to stay clean. We've got um, Angus Cloud. Angus Cloud as Fez. Fez. And his little brother. Ashtray. Ashtray. Yes. Yes. Who was a literal 10-year-old kid with face tattoos. Yes. And Fez is a drug dealer. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And at the end of the season, Jules is like, Rue, let's run away together, blah, blah, blah. She gets on a train to New York. Um, in between, I actually forgot to put these on the list. In between us waiting for season two to come out, Sam Levinson directed two special episodes. So we have... A Rue-centered episode. episode and a Jewel-centered mm -hmm. episode. Mm -hmm. And those are really, really good. Really good yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Beautifully made. Yeah. Beautiful stories. And somebody actually said this. They were like, because Sam Levinson collaborated with Hunter yeah. on that episode to so get like a trans script. perspective. Yeah. And someone was like, he should have done that with the idol. Oh, big time. He should have done that with Malcolm and Marie. He should have done that with everything. Yeah, like, get some the perspective is, in the room. The issue is, Sam Levinson's issue, at least from what I've noticed, is that he keeps trying to write these characters as what they are without, like, really, like, understanding what they yeah. are. Yeah, using, like, race or your sexuality or whatever as, like, a surface-level character trait. Yeah. And not digging any deeper into that yeah. and, like, how it shapes you as a person. Yeah. You're, that is a big fault of him. Mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah, that's basically season one. Season two takes all that, forgets about half of the things that happened in season yeah. one, and just throws it away. Throws it away. Uh, Rue is... Oh, at the end of the season... We think Rue might have overdosed again because she, like, sniffs a line of something. She's fine. <laughs> but she's not clean anymore. We get uh, Dominic Fike on the show. We get uh, Chloe Cherry on the show. Yep. And... I can't believe they put Dominic Fike on that damn show. Yeah. Um, and then... We see Nate Jacobs and uh cassie having a relationship yeah behind under, maddie's yeah, back behind maddie's back because her and nate broke up and, and cassie, cassie is like, breaking girl code let's get in here yeah maddie goes to the bathroom this is a new year's party the first episode mm. maddie goes in the bathroom cassie's hiding in the tub maddie doesn't have any toilet paper uses a wash rag and throws it in the bathtub and it lands on cassie's face yep. iconic moment <laughs> iconic moment um there's we start seeing fez and uh, Maude Apatow. What is her, what is her name? name? Look it up right now. 
But yeah, they they kind of are getting close. They're having a fling, getting close to each other at this party. Um, At one point in the season, Rue is really desperate for drugs. So she goes to this drug dealer lady that is connected to her through Fez. And um, did you find it? Lexi. Lexi. Rue is desperate for drugs. So she goes to like this connection that Fez has. And, um, oh yeah, also at the end of the last season, Fez, like, shot somebody and killed him in his house. Yeah. And his grandma is, like... Sick. Sick. They haven't dived into that either. Haven't dived into that much. Um, but yeah, so Rue goes to this lady, the lady's like, I'll give you $10,000 worth of drugs, sell this, bring it back. Her mom flushes all the drugs. Yeah. So, Rue's out there owing some drug lord $10,000, yeah. and we never touched back on we that. So, yeah. Um, the... How does this season end? Oh, Lexi is like, you know what? I'm tired of being a background person. Let me write a play about my entire life. Cue the most iconic episode ever with our man Ethan playing Mm -hmm. their mom. Playing everyone. Everyone. He, oh, I need the I need a hero scene is like the greatest scene in television. Yeah. Yeah. This was the worst rundown of Euphoria ever. You just have to watch the show. There's no way to describe it. Um, I will say the Super Bowl happened. And instead of us watching the Super Bowl, we were at a Super Bowl party. Yeah. And we went inside the house with, like, a group of only gay people. Yeah. It was all the gay people in the house. All the straight people were outside. All of us were inside watching Euphoria, waiting for a SmackDown to happen. Yep. And And the SmackDown did happen. It sure did. Maddie beat that girl's ass. Then we had a season finale party at our house. With a couple of, again, gay people. Yeah. Um, and I did a full bingo card of, like, what predictions I had. And a lot of people got bingo. I predicted a lot. Yeah. Because Sam Robinson is a pretty predictable Predictable guy. guy. Um. Nate Jacobs got arrested, or Cal Jacobs. Cal. Cal Cal got arrested. One of the Jacobs. Ash got shot. Ashtray died. Um, what else? There's a lot. There's a lot. lot. It's so much. And, yeah, that's the main complaint that a lot of people had. That's actually what I wrote down was, like, the success of season one versus the disappointment of season two. Like, season two was not a bad season, don't get me wrong, but it just didn't make any connections to stuff that had happened in season one. Also, Kat was a major character in season one, and she's just a background character in this one. Um I think Barbie had come out saying that a lot of her stuff was cut from yeah. the set. Because I think they were trying to make her character... What was she saying? that they had something to do with her physical appearance. Yeah. I think she wasn't happy with, like, the over-sexualization. Because in season one, she became, like, a... Cam girl. Cam girl. Yeah. You're a minor, babes. Yeah. You're a minor. But I think there was, like, some issues with how they were portraying her character and as she wasn't, an overweight person. Yeah, she wasn't happy with that. And she wasn't happy with that, so they... There they are reports that behind the scenes, her and Sam argued a lot with each other. So I think he kind of retaliated and just cut out a Good. lot of her stuff. Yeah. And now we've heard that Barbie won't even be returning for yeah. season three, which is really sad. Which is sad. Um, we do see, like, first two, three episodes was just Sydney Swinney t- titties, titties as, like, one of the first couple of shots. And you know it's bad. Yeah. If I'm complaining. Yeah. Because we don't normally complain don't about normally Sydney Sweeney's complain titties. complain about Sydney Sweeney, yeah. But, but, girly, put them away! It was, just, it was at some point, distasteful. It's like, just, like, 
does she really need to have her boobs out right now? Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, is sad that we so sexualize female anatomy in that way, but it has it comes down to, like, why? What is this adding what is to the, the plot right now? Yeah. Why are we needing to do this? Exactly. And also, and a lot of people bring up this point. It's like, these are supposed to be high schoolers. Yeah. And, like... Why yeah, you- yeah, the actors are of age, but why are we going to sexualize a bunch of minors like yeah. that? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, and then also, yeah, so there's a lot of representation in the show, which is what it's been praised for. So we get a lot of fat representation, trans representation, queer rep, all that. So yeah, we've got Barbie Freria. It was pretty revolutionary, I'd say. She's got her whole like mall scene where she's like walking out looking like a baddie and she's yeah. like, why should I give a fuck about what I look like yeah. and all this? Like... She just owned it. Yeah. Um, we've got Hunter Schaffer, Queen, and they don't really get into a lot of, like, her backstory. Her trans identity. I think they do so more in, like, the special episode. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, obviously we get some queer rep with Miss Rue and Jules forever mm-hmm. and ever and ever. Um, a lot of people, I want to say, what was it? The One of those drug organizations, they're like euphoria glorifies drug use and i'm like eh, to a certain extent i get that but i really don't think so yeah because we really see rue like go through the trenches yeah. we see her at her worst we see how desperate she is to get drugs mm-hmm. we see how hard it is for her to get clean and nothing good happens to her when she is on drugs like it's dangerous yeah and she's gotten herself into really dangerous situations and we see it too like this is part of the commentary that people are disappointed of with Euphoria is, you know, Rue as a black female drug addict, that has a lot of different connotations than if it were just some white girl addicted to drugs or even a white man addicted to drugs. Um, and so a lot of people were disappointed that they didn't dive into her race and what that plays in a drug addicted world where so many you know um black neighborhoods were overran overran by by drugs due to political figures shoving it into these neighborhoods to demonize demonize race yeah so i think as a director even especially as a white director like completely ignoring Rue's race. I honestly don't think he purposefully ignored it. I think he just didn't think about it because he's not in that perspective. Exactly, but that's where I'm getting at. He almost like casted Zendaya because he thought she was cool shit and did a good job but like completely dismissed the fact that her being a black woman creates a whole different narrative in her story as a drug addict. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so Obviously, Euphoria is, like, insanely, insanely, insanely popular. Um, It's really impacted, like, the fashion that we see today. I would say the most impact it's had is, like, makeup. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, once that show got, like, finished season one, you can dig back at my Instagram. I remade, like, 50 of the makeup looks from season one. I did do a photo shoot with a man who shall not be named um, (laughs) at the south florida fair and the makeup artist of the show commented on my post and that's the only reason i haven't deleted that post because i've deleted every other photo shoot i've had with said man 
But because she commented on that post, I have not deleted it because that is so important to me. I also have a makeup post that she didn't comment on it, but Miss Donnie Davy did like my picture. Oh. So, slay. Come on, half magic. Come on, half magic beauty. So, yeah, Euphoria's had a huge, huge, huge impact on, like, our culture. You can see the euphoriafication everywhere, always. And so now we just got to wait for season three to come out and think it comes out next year. It's a long time to wait. Yeah. But what are your standout moments from the show? From season one, I would say some of my most standout moments were like Rue and Jules' relationship before it kind of like turned sour, like having that kind of, like, innocent love. Mm -hmm. Like, they never showed any sex scenes between them. They never showed... They barely even showed them kiss. Yeah, like, they were really just, like, hanging out. They were just really just, like, so innocently in love with each other mm -hmm. in, in a way that, you know, compared to the rest of the show, yeah. was, like, a like sigh, sigh of relief. Um, from season two, honestly, Dominic Fike's song was so touching. Can you shut up right now? No. Okay. So we had, like we said, we had like a whole season finale party at our house, and like we had a couple people in the room. Like you, I think Daisy is like a huge Dominic Fike fan, and we were like, okay. Like he whips out this guitar and sings for like singing. five whole minutes, full song, full song and Wait, we're just like, like, all right, wrap it up, wrap it up, let's wrap go, it up, Dominic. <laughs> let's get to that SmackDown now. Um, but. No, besides that, they did have some, like, visually beautiful scenes, like the one scene of Cassie with the flowers. Yeah, that was gorgeous. Um, freaking um... A, 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 a ham sandwich. A ham sandwich. Yeah. Um, I have to say, for season one, I really love that one scene where she's at the party and the walls are rotating, like, as she's walking through. That was a practical effect. It's really cool. Look up the YouTube video. Um, all their prom looks from the dance, uh, season two, like I said, the P-rag on Cassie, Maddie banging on the door with her nails, uh, ooga, ooga. I will say from season two, I loved Maddie and Jules' relationship. Yes! They had that one episode where they were bowling together they had such a sweet friendship and they're like sitting on the curb together yeah, like they're like reminiscing in their own trauma that they have with each other because like freaking jules knows about maddie's trauma and maddie knows about jules's trauma but jules doesn't know that maddie knows about her trauma mm -hmm. and instead of like diving into this friendship and having like maddie be a good friend and try and save jules it just like didn't go anywhere yeah yeah i also really loved as i said the i need a hero scene from lexi's play ethan playing the mom um you better be joking bitch yeah and oklahoma oklahoma <laughs> yeah so now let's move on to assassination nation mm -hmm. gabby has never seen the full movie no i've seen this movie twice um, we did just watch a 10-minute YouTube video to recap the entire plot for Gabby's sake. 
she was like um don't we have one other thing we have to watch and i was like girl i'm not watching that right now (laughs) i was like i'll pull you up a youtube video but the basic plot of this this is like sam levinson's original project i he might have had other stuff before but this is like the mainstream project for him um this came out in like 2018 i want to say i watched it on hulu like freshman summer year and um so the basic plot is this girl named lily is like hooking up with her um the kid she's babysitting the dad and nobody knows she's in high school you can definitely see some euphoria themes and their clothing and everything like you can see where the roots are coming in um and she's like got all these friends and she's got like three main girlfriends and she has a boyfriend he's played by bill skarsgård blah 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 something happens where somebody leaks like really scandalous photos of the mayor and he kills himself in front of everybody and then all these leaks start happening of all these people's very personal information and everybody in the town is going crazy. Somebody leaks the pictures that, um, dirty pictures that Miss Lily is sending to babysitter dad. And um, they recognize her from a birthmark on her back and then everybody's calling her a slut. And then, um, I'm just a freak, yeah. Sorry. Have to go back to the idol real fast. Um, and then, um, everybody in the town thinks that she's the one who's leaking the pictures, so it turns into this giant witch hunt, and it gets really weird, and, because it's, like, only spread to this town, like, nobody else in the country is, like, affected by it, and everybody in the town is, like, wearing masks to conceal their identities, and something, something, blah, 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 girls all team up, they've got cool red matching raincoats. Where they pull those from? I don't know, she and probably... And then they've got, like, an arsenal of weapons, and they go down the street and kill everybody. And then Miss Lily makes a video, like, we need female empowerment, and blah, 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 and come together, girls. And the girl game gets together. And I'm going to spoil the ending of the movie here. All along, it was her brother who was leaking everything, and he said he just did it for the lulls. And that's the plot. <laughs> um... Yeah, at the beginning of the movie, it flashes, like, a whole bunch of trigger warnings. It's like, warning, trigger warning. And there's a lot more, but this was all I could find online. So it's like, bullying, blood, abuse, classism, death, drinking, drug use, sexual content, toxic masculinity, homophobia, transphobia, guns, nationalism, racism, kidnapping, murder, fragile male ego, sexism, frogs. I don't remember frogs in the movie, but okay. But, um, yeah, I think it was definitely playing on, like, that kind of culture at the time of like oh do you need a trigger warning you baby liberal whatever (laughs) so that was like sam levinson poking fun at those type of people and yeah i mean it's definitely a bloody gory film all that yeah crazy is that all you gotta say about it yeah and oh like i was saying you can definitely see like the origins of sam levinson One thing about Mr. Sam Levinson is he loves to use the same people in his projects. If you get on his good graces, you will be in all of them. So, like, the principal of the school is the same guy who plays Ruse. His name is, um, Coleman. Coleman. I see it in my brain. Coleman something. Yeah. He was in, uh, what did I just watch recently that he was in? That was not a good movie. I don't know. But anyways. Oh, he was in Ruby Gilman. He played her dad. And, um, Coleman Domingo. Coleman Domingo. He plays Ali in Euphoria and he plays the principal in this movie. We've got Maude Apatow in this movie. Um, Bex, 
the friend in this movie is also Miss Hari Neff, who is in The Idol and will also be in the Barbie movie, Slay. And yeah, we, I don't know, like we see the fashion is kind of euphoria-ish. Um, we've got trans representation. We've got girlies, like small girl gangs sticking together. Raunchy, sexy, nudity. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. All the, all the things. All the classic all Sam the Levinsons. Yeah. Um, and now, we're zooming through this. <laughs> this is going to be a short episode today. Malcolm and Marie. Malcolm and Marie. Malcolm and Marie. Um, we, when I tell you we suffered through this movie last night, for you all, so appreciate it. There was one point where we were just like, okay, where else are they going with this? And we are like, Gabby's like, can you check how much is left in the movie? Because we were just like over it. And we click on it. It said 52 minutes. We were like, no. We were like, how much more information can we be getting Please right end the movie. Let it end. Yeah. You want to break down Malcolm and Marie for us? Malcolm and Marie, we have um, Zenday. It's a cast of two people. Because this was filmed during COVID. Mm-hmm. So, cast of two people... All in black and white, because that's, like, artsy or whatever. Um, we've got Zendaya playing Marie and freaking Washington Jr. John. playing... What's his name? John David Washington? John. Yeah, John David Washington. Is that it? That doesn't sound right. Let me see, let me see. The guy from Tenet and Black Klansman, mm-hmm. which is funny. Every time they kept referencing uh, Spike Lee, I was like, this man has worked with Spike Lee. Yeah. So... Yeah, well, John David Washington. Oh, okay. John David Washington, um, son of Denzel Washington. Yes. Um, they are a couple living in this house. Um, they're coming home from a premiere of a movie that Malcolm directed and wrote. Um, mm, we're already getting into similarities. As yes. Mr. Sam Levinson is a director. Um. You know, he's on a high because everyone was, like, cheering and calling him a genius and this, this, and that. And Marie kind of has, like, a little bit of an attitude towards her, like, and she's just, like, kind of, like, quiet, not saying much, um, making them them some dinner, some mac and cheese, some craft mac and cheese. Um, and then she finally kind of comes out saying what's wrong after he, like, nags her. And basically she's upset about the fact that he didn't thank her during his speech um he thanked you know his gaffers his you know his his mom his manager his agent she even makes a joke of like him thanking the usher at the movie theater when he was 11 so and but like not thanking the one person that like is his partner both like romantically and from what we learn in the rest of the movie also professionally the script she gave him notes she read like 20 drafts she watched all these different screenings like really put in some work for this movie for him so he like is apologetic apparently like during the movie he was apologizing to her and she was like yeah i didn't mind during the movie but then at the after party everyone was like you know, you might be upset about him uh, not thanking you in his speech, but he does really appreciate you. So it's like it's almost like well, everyone else also noticed that you forgot mm-hmm. to thank me. So then now I'm like this like everyone knows 
they also know like her background as a person yeah. and are making the connections that hmm this is kind of similar to your life yeah so we learned that the movie is about a drug addict in her 20s hmm euphoria hmm. Hmm. a drug addict in her 20s who's like struggling oh, to yeah. stay clean um and apparently we learned that that is also marie's story and when they first met she was like really in the trenches of uh addiction, addiction and, and he drove her to rehab and like was helping her get clean yeah. and all this so he definitely got some inspiration from that right so she believes that the story is about her and that she should def- definitely be thanked in his process um he reveals that like it's not just about you it's about everyone i've ever been with it's about my mom it's about how this girl ties her shoes it's about how this sex worker i had sex with one time sat in the bathtub one, uh, it, it was a just a lot Dur- during and this whole the sexiest thing i ever saw yeah and then they stop fighting and then they start fighting again i don't even remember That's what the whole for movie, is they get in an argument like john david washington has a long monologue then zendaya then him then zendaya then blah 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 it goes back and forth they make up they're fighting again they're about to have sex they're fighting again like all this yeah just a lot of like back and forth yeah um then he's like and then the white person from buzzfeed and the white person from IndieWire and this white person and that white person they came up and they're like oh you the race and everything like trying to say like there was a bit of commentary of like what sam levinson receives as a director as like not diving into people's race during in his works kind of like what we were saying earlier like using people's like identities and stuff like that as a surface level character trait and not really diving into how that affects them as a character yeah and it was a weird thing to poke fun of because john david washington being a black man he was his like lines were like just because i'm a black man doesn't mean that it's about race which, you know, can be true, but I feel like a lot of... wrong coming from a white man writing the yeah, movie. Yeah, it, and, and we know, like, as film enjoyers and whatnot, like, a lot of POC written and directed things, like, movies and films that have race as a part of it, it's because of it comes from their identity, you know? Mm-hmm. It's the same reason why people are like get upset over like white people writing movies about black people and showing like black white trauma. saviorism and black trauma and things like that like things that you can't relate to because you You've have not gone through it. Yeah. That. Like I would never ever feel comfortable writing like a black main character using like basically what Sam Levinson did. He's using them as puppets to kind of like give his opinions on things and culture yeah like using like a black person as a shield to protect him from what he's saying yeah and there's even like commentary in this movie about how there was like a a topless scene and how a lot of the audience found it distasteful because they didn't think it added anything to it which again sam levinson babes we know we know it's you yeah we know it's you it's a big thing that sam does in his in his shows and movies just like unnecessary nudity to kind of like almost like a shock factor i think i will say 
I've seen many a wiener shots in Sam Levinson's projects, but never as much as like full-blown booby action and women being like degraded sexually. Like the the male nudity is usually used for comedy. Like the whole scene with Zendaya, like how can you look at a guy's dick pic and know like what his room is like and all that? Or I think there's like a wiener shot in the first episode and it's like, hey, I'm trying to take a pee in here. Like, yeah. it's always for comedy. It's never sexually like that he does with women. Mm-hmm. So, it just felt like a weird, like, him trying to defend himself, but, like, through the lens of a black person. So I was, like, confused because it's like, why are you trying to, like, relate yourself as a black man? You will never go through the situations that a black man goes through and it's even like a line that zendaya says that um, malcolm's character you know he had he lived in a two-parent household where they had steady income um and good income and he never had to you know struggle in his life and he went to college and so he he had but like you know the the um you know white writers of like critics and things like that just see him as a black man and assume that he's like from the streets or whatever so it's like it's like a weird commentary that i'm like why is a white man of all people writing this yeah to me like we've already pointed out a couple of similarities but the film just felt very autobiographical to me and like i yeah it, it was too many similarities to i think it was like sam's retaliation to like critiques that he's gotten like trying to put them off and argue against them in like an art form or something very weird very weird i think it was very self-indulgent of him and just pretty pointless to be honest and there was a couple of times the n-word was thrown out and me and chloe were like i wonder if he wrote that out in the script Uh, i think so and i made a joke that he wrote it with the hard r and john david was like (laughs) washington was like i don't feel comfortable comfortable with that um and then when i was looking through um because I love to read letterbox comments when I'm done with the movie because I like to see what other people are saying about it. But someone, I don't remember who, um, had put in there that he used dialogue blackface, and I thought that that was a very interesting concept. Yeah, because for sure, like, no, he wasn't up there performing as a black man in blackface, but he was almost in a way kind of using these black characters and, like, as himself like very weird so yeah we suffered through that one i wrote down as well freezing daya yeah um she did not need I, to be i also just they, they didn't have a lot of chemistry between each other which no. is hard to do with zendaya because you can put zendaya in a room with anyone and i'm like she yeah yeah they she, love each yeah. other um i was like it's hard to see zendaya either not in like a gay relationship or without tom holland like, yeah just, with her, without her little string bane um yeah <laughs> I, I can't even think of like high points okay i will say the high point from the movie was when she had grabbed that knife and she was like talking like i haven't been on my antidepressants i knew that she was just acting. i didn't know i really didn't know because i was like where is this movie going right now um yeah and so zendaya has like a whole dramatic monologue and i'd say that was like a very good acting moment for her but it's just kind of funny because when this movie was coming out, me and Gabby were, like, excited. We were going to go watch this together. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it was coming on Netflix because it was COVID, but whatever. 
and it was like getting a lot of oscar buzz like oh maybe zendaya will get an oscar and then it came out and flopped so yeah so sad so sad um all right let's close up mr levinson so i just have like a few questions i came up with couldn't think of any more but um what do you think his fascination is with over sexualization i think nudity i think he doesn't get any (laughs) Ooh. no not necessarily that he doesn't get any but maybe it stems from like not either not receiving a lot as a teenager or like seeing it as taboo from like maybe family mm-hmm. you know trauma or whatever so it's almost like a escape in a way or like a way to like dive into what he wished he could have been back in the day i don't know especially because it's like a lot of young high school high school even if not, like, fully high school, like, very much, like, freshly 18, mm-hmm. kind of, like, and it's, like, very immature sex, too. It's yeah. not, like, romantic. Even, like, when we had, like, Cassie and the one guy from season one. Oh, yeah, yeah. They had, like, more intimate, but it was still, like, not fully, it was, it's just, like, very immature, very graphic, very pornographic Yeah. sex. It's giving, I learned everything about sex from porn yeah so i think that's that's what i see from it i think it's a power thing to be honest like look at me i'm some hotshot director and I can get this girl and I that girl to show be boobs. topless yeah. yeah which i'm not a prude nothing wrong with having your boobies out yeah. but it just comes to a point where it's like is this necessary yeah. um also do we think season three will be good I'm not sure. I'm I'm hoping it just like closes things off. I'm hoping I think if they sorry. I no, think if ahead. they leave it open I mean you can leave it open ended in a good way, but if they leave it like there's gonna be more, I think it's gonna die. Yeah. I think it's being dragged through the mud mm-hmm. if they continue it beyond season three. I'm hoping that he won't let his ego get in the way and he'll take some of the critiques about season two and just really dig into sealing up some of those loose ends from season one connecting the two just not totally ruining these characters because i do love them and also what do we commonly see in his projects nudity yeah (laughs) uh really toxic male characters some really I will say some b- beautiful lighting. I like a lot of. Yeah, he's got some gorgeous whoever shots. Cin- whoever his cinematographer is, they deserve everything. They they yeah. they are on it. If there's one thing that is enjoyable about all of his projects is that they're very nice to look at. Yeah. Like yeah. you can take nothing away, but just be like, ooh, pretty. Yeah. 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 Um, I would say the wardrobe. Yeah, they put a lot of thought into like what these people wear. Like even uh, you see Donnie Davy talking about like why each character got these looks for mm-hmm. this scene like and why how why? does it express this yeah char- which and is how they matched why... it with the nails and with the outfit oh yeah the nails were a huge thing in season two like especially had, like, custom yeah. making nails yeah. for each character that's why i really want to buy the euphoria fashion book mm-hmm. because it really dives into like why was this wardrobe created for this character and how does it show them evolving? Like, Kat especially, because you yeah. see her in, like, nerdy clothes at the beginning, and then she's, like, in harnesses and stuff yeah. like that. Like, sexual clothing. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Any other thoughts? I think... I was gonna say she that said, I think... I am think? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna say that I think he doesn't intentionally do what he does, but after seeing the idol and after seeing Malcolm and Marie, mm-hmm. it's like, no, yeah, you know what you're doing. You're just being a crybaby man and you just want it to be your way. Mm-hmm. As the wise Miss Lana Del Rey said, you're just a man. It's just what you do. Don't even pretend like you know the words. Bitch. Gabby doesn't even know the words to born to die. Um, so let's get into some questions. Once again, Bestie Thomas is the only one who left us questions. Thomas I eight. Yeah, Thomas ate. Um, I have been framing these as like, hey, we're doing this topic this week. Leave us some questions. Don't think like you have to give us questions based off of the topic. Like, you can ask us whatever because Thomas didn't even ask us anything that had to do with this. They just said whatever was on the brain. So the first question is, what's your last meal if you're on death row? First of all, why are you on death row? Why am I on death row? I'm on death row for... Mm, kicking a coworker down the flight of stairs. It's <laughs> a harsh punishment. Yeah, they deserve it. What are you eating? I'm eating. That's really cool. Yeah, have you seen the show, the YouTube show, Last Meal, something like that? Yeah. Have, like different um, people. Different like, I've seen YouTubers. I've seen celebrities. I've seen they have different co-hosts come in. They choose, like, what they want as their last meal. It's usually, like, a huge assortment of things. And then they kind of go into, like, a weird, like, talk about death. And, like, Mm. sometimes it goes into religion and what comes after life. Like, there's... It it gets pretty intense. Yeah, I haven't seen, like, a full thing, but I've definitely seen clips saw I've seen the Brittany Broski one completely through. I've seen, like, clips of other ones or, like, halfway through some others. But it's pretty interesting. Um, uh, Then that goes to me... I think I would eat crab, like a whole bunch Just of crab, crab, boil. crab boil, like 10 pounds of crab legs, mm-hmm. corn, potatoes, pickled, fried pickles on the side. Mm-hmm. Like I want Southern cooking mm-hmm. for my final meal. I want to feel some that sticks hefty. to your ribs, yeah, as I Karen want, says. I want some hefty. <laughs> um, I don't know why I would be on death row. Um, I'd probably like kill some really terrible person. You know, vigilante stuff. Um, I would say for the beverage, of course, we'll go with the two liter of Mountain Dew. The uh, appetizer, let's go with popcorn. Orville Redenbacher's homestyle popcorn, to no, be specific. No, no. I'm having state fair kettle corn. Oh, scratch that. Uh, Pioneer, High Springs Pioneer Days kettle corn stand kettle corn. Mm-hmm. Um, the full bag. The full bag, the extra large bag. Um, for the main course, I will have any, uh, all the sushis from Dragonfly, Ugh. especially the mango tango roll and the crunchy crispy roll. Um, for dessert, oh, for the side snack, I'll have a fruit by the foot and some gushers. And for dessert, I'll have the Cinnabon cheesecake from Cheesecake Factory. Oh, I'm so, I thought you were going to say a, a cinnamon. Oh! <gasps> Cinnamelt, please. When I tell you, okay, so McDonald's used to have the Cinnamelt, right? 
And when I tell you when I found out that those were gone, I genuinely shed tears because I was so upset. Bring back. Um, Bestie Thomas said, if you had to have the exact personality of a main character from a movie, who would it be? Well, like if someone were, like, how are you taking that? Like if I wanted to be somebody or if like, like, if I just absorbed their personality uh, and became that, like we traded brains or something. Mm. I got mine. Go ahead. Share from Clueless. Okay. I totally paused. Okay. Um, I would be... be the Joker from the Lego Batman movie. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Is that what you're going for? I'm going to go with that okay. one. Okay. Um, what authority position would you want to have in making a movie? Ooh, obviously, as an editor, probably editor, mm. videographer... But I would love to learn the life of, like, a lighting designer. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who did, like, stage managing, like, lighting design is insane. Like, the way that they yeah, create things. I don't know how they do that. I don't know either. Because especially as someone also who was, like, a choreographer, and I was like, I want this to show this mood. And they go, boop, 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 boop. And then they got all the lights and all the colors and what you want. And you're like, yeah, that's exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> It's pretty insane. Um, I would have to say because, I don't know, like, I really enjoy creative writing. Um, I would love to be a writer for a movie. I've actually, like, when I get bored, I've sometimes looked into, like, writing a little screenplay of my own. Never have gotten anywhere with it. But just for funsies, that would be fun to just pursue. Um, I think directing would be really cool um, because I'm a very hands-on person. I like to be involved. I like to give my opinion. I think I could snap together something pretty cool but let's not forget the gaffers and grips and And the the ushers and the pas yes and our sound guys with the boom mic Mm -hmm. y'all y'all kill it every time time. uh this one is specific to me chloe if you had to make a horse movie what would it be about that's a hard one Ooh. um here i'll read yours too so you can think about it gabby if you had to make a movie about cats what would it be about Mm -hmm. Mine would be about Stink and oh. the life of Stink. Oh, so he just licks his booty hole all day? Yeah, but I would make him like a um, Sherlock Holmes kind of mm. cat. I would do like a Romeo and Juliet type of movie, but like uh, one is a really evil horse. Like he's dark and he's bloody and he's like a demon zombie horse. And the other horse is like pretty princess Pegasus horse. And they meet and they fall in love with each other and they conquer the world with their love and everyone lives happily ever after. Okay. Amen. Um, and then lastly, if you have to make a creature feature, what would that creature be? The Mothman. Hands down. Um, I would do, bringing back to Lego Batman's uh, snake clowns. Snake to the 10 counts of bounce that has <laughs> ten, 10 counts 10 counts of bounce <laughs> snake you know what your breath smells like G- graham, cracker. graham crackers it smells like 10 cans of bounce that ass but bounce that ass um what have you been watching lately bestie um i watched the queer ultimatum 
Lord have mercy. Oh my god, the drama. The drama. If you love trash TV, please freaking watch this show. It's so (laughs) bad, it's good. Um, I watched Black Mirror, um, the crocodile episode that we rated number one last week. Just because I, I, we had recapped it, but we didn't recap it super well. <laughs> and I was like, let me just rewatch it because I need to like remember. And we definitely recapped it pretty bad. So sorry in advance uh, when you listen to that episode if, if you are confused. Um, we tried our best. We did. We did try our best. Um, and that's, that's literally it. I've been watching a lot of YouTube, um, Berlizzi, been watching a lot of his funny stuff. I watched one that was like, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of this game. It's a PlayStation 2 GameCube game called Herbs. No. It's a Sims game, but like called Herbs because it's like urban city. Oh, I thought it was about to be like about weed. No, it's (laughs) basic. No, it's definitely. Is it spelled H-E-R-B-S? No, no, it's spelled U-R-B-Z. Like oh, like an urban neighborhood. Okay, okay. You um, know how British people say herbs? They say herbs. Herbs. Yeah. Herbs. But uh, yeah, definitely trying to target a black audience. <laughs> and he's just so funny playing it. So oh my god. It's really really funny gameplay. I am halfway through the GT Live reaction of the, the new FNAF Five Nights at Freddy's trailer. Yay. Um. So yeah. I watched an absurd amount of movies this week um first of all get it out of the way always sunny i didn't think I didn't we put down oh no i did put down Malcolm and Marie oh, okay i think i have i think there's like two more episodes left in this season i'm so sad i don't want it to end um because it's been a very good season i have to say so first of all i watched ruby gilman teenage kraken i was disappointed it was honestly kind of boring it was like way too similar to turning red for me and i think turning red did that way better um i watched the descent part two sucked terrible i watched the road it was pretty good pretty sad i watched killer inside the mind of aaron hernandez which was crazy trippy um it's a docuseries on netflix and they were literally filming at our old college university of florida and it's even crazier for me because i grew up in gainesville So just to know that that man was, like, lurking around Gainesville while I'm growing up is crazy. And... That's how I felt watching, like, the, um, Jeffrey Epstein stuff. Because it was like, yeah, yeah. he was picking up girls from Royal Palm Beach High School. And I'm like, oh, that's five-minute drive from my Mm -hmm. house. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, that's also, like, me and my mom watched, um, The Legend of Cocaine Island a couple Mm -hmm. years ago. And they were filming one of the interviews in the Death and Glory tattoo shop. Oh, my God. I was like, oh... (laughs) And they kept saying, like, Alachua, and I was like, ooh. Um, then I watched The Pursuit of Happiness. I watched The Nun. Terrible. All right, we were talking about Unredeemable. You had three stars in The Pursuit of Happiness? It, it just didn't do nothing for me. Mm-mm. Sorry. You've never been poor. <laughs> Fortunately. Can't complain. <laughs> I, my mom loves that movie. Oh, Sorry. Um, yeah, so we were talking about redeemable characters earlier. So I watched Don't Breathe a couple years ago. It's a horror movie. And the whole thing of this is it's a bunch of teenagers who break into a blind veteran's house and are stealing stuff from him. And he's like fighting for his life. And you're rooting for him, kind of. You're like, why are you doing this to this poor disabled man? 
only to turn out he's a rapist who has a woman in his like basement that he's been artificially inseminating with a turkey baster yeah so then tell me why i watched don't breathe too and they're like like honestly it was insulting how stupid they thought i was like oh no 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 we didn't do any of that like he's a good person now like no no kill that man he's a bad person so half star boring do you think i'm stupid like no don't brush that under the rug um then i watched wildflower it was cute i liked it then i watched nimona oh my god do yourself a favor right now i told gabby last night i was like go watch nimona it is so good i went in with zero expectations i honestly didn't really want to watch it didn't know anything about it tell me why i i laughed i cried i had a great time so good i probably will watch it again it's amazing i did rewatch. i forgot to put it down i did rewatch that netflix dance short called anima with tom york my bad i i did call tom york ugly last night and i'm sorry about it um then i watched hannibal finally and it was again super duper trippy because oh first of all first of all that is not clary starling where is jodie foster because that is not okay um so yeah at the end of the movie blah 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 it came out in 2001 if you haven't seen it by now what are you doing um, at the end of the movie, Hannibal is like behind her in a car and he's like, what street are you on? Because they are in Washington, D.C. And he's like, she's like, Massachusetts Avenue. And I'm like, oh, and then she's like, oh, now I'm on Capitol Drive. I'm like, oh, and then he's like, OK, pull into Union Station. I said, oh, I was so excited. I jumped up. I said, what is happening? And they were literally in Union Station. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've literally been where Hannibal Lecter is. This is crazy. I got so excited. Um, then I watched The Fundamentals of Caring, which I loved. Have you seen that movie? I feel like you said you have Fundamentals of Caring with Paul Rudd. And he's, like, taking care of this kid. I don't think I've actually seen it, but really? I, is that, Wait, it has Selena Gomez? Yeah. Okay, maybe I have. Okay. I it is so funny. I loved it. Back to the James, when he's trying to get him to eat the Slim Jim. Oh, okay. Yeah. So funny. I loved it. Um, I watched The Secret World of Arietti. Mm. Have you seen that? I love that movie. It was so good. I actually, I didn't realize it, but it said based off the book, The Borrowers. And I was like, wait a minute. I read that when I was in elementary school. And then, yeah, we watched Malcolm and Marie. Boo. Uh, give me some music, bestie. I think obviously World Class Center by Jocelyn is on the list. Let's, this is a um, oldie for my UF dance freshman year, Woodpecker's Groove by Ego Egoless. Egoless. Lego, my ego. Um, freaking. That's freaking bats. Jim by Benzino. Let's do, let's bring it to some oldies. Let's do, let's do. How Long from Euphoria by Miss Tuvela. How, how long you will love another one. Let's do another Euphoria song. I love how you're saying oldies and then giving us songs that came out a no, year I'm ago. Saying, I'm saying oldies as like old songs I haven't heard in a minute. Mm. Um, Let's do... um. Yeah, I fucking did it. Yeah, I fucking said it. Yeah, I'm in it by... Um, Labyrinth. Labyrinth, yeah. also from Euphoria. Um, I'm gonna do... 
Groupie Love by Lana Del Rey. Let's do LDN by Lily Allen. Uh, Six Underground by Sneaker Pimps. Um, I Feel Free by Cream. And let's do This Is My Song by Petula Clark. This is my fight song. Definitely not that one. All right, bestie. Follow me on Instagram at Curly Femme. You will also find me on Letterboxd by that name. By that name is where they can find you. Well, you can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at Chloe underscore R Mercier. And you can follow the pod at Haters Film Club. Um, it's Chloe's fault that we didn't do a July post because I was working on the Oh, post. yeah, I was thinking about that last night, so I'm going to post a really late one because we can't not have the Barbie movie on the feed. Um, Chloe is coming back from her trial. She bought a ticket yesterday um, to come see the Barbie movie with me. Yeah, I had to tell my trial team because I, I leave on um, Sunday. Getting back into trial mode. Um, but I told them, I was like, yeah, I booked a ticket. I will be going back to D.C just to watch the barbie movie and they're like okay girl do your thing tell them what what your co-worker said about what that you're you guys are besties or something oh yeah one of my co-workers like came by and she was like oh my god we should hug more often which if you know me i'm not an affectionate person like i don't do that I, i told her i was like i don't even hug my best friend and she was like well i'm your best friend now and i literally told her i said um, she will fist fight you. <laughs> Those are fighting words. You, you will be fought. Those are fighting words. <laughs> All right. All right. Send this to Rachel Sennett. Send this to Zendaya. Send this to Tom Holland. Send this to uh, what's his face? Tim Steve Jobs. Oh, okay. He died. R.I.P. And Bye. Ashton Kutcher. Oh, okay. Yes. Bye. Bye.